0: welcome to our podcast barriers to bridges i'm melissa
1: Baco. i'm currently an assistant principal at santiago high school and i'm dana Barron. i'm a teacher on special assignment in science and stem and we both work in the lovely corona norco unified school district barriers
0: to bridges is on a mission to share stories of leaders in education who break down barriers and build bridges of opportunity not only for themselves but for others around them.
1: Hey, howdy, hey. Today we interview Dr. Reggie Tompkins, who is currently the Assistant Superintendent of Instructional Support, but has also served in our district as a principal. And we titled his episode, Anger to Advocacy, because you will hear him talk about how he was brought up in poverty and he, w- he held a lot of anger for many different things, the way that he had to live. And he directed a lot of that anger towards his mother because he didn't know any better. You'll see that he, as he grows up, he finds sports. It leads to going to college to get a degree and coach and then become a teacher and then move on into administration. It truly serves as a restorative practice for him because now he uses all those experiences that he had to work with families and to work with kids, really have a level of empathy that not everyone can have unless you've experienced it yourself. He's also very involved in CIF, which is the umbrella organization over sports in California. And all these things that he's involved in are basically his way of giving back. A little challenge as they're listening to think about students that have the similar situations where they're being brought up in our societies. And how we think about discipline, and how we think about supports, and how we think about how we work with these types of students and make them feel safe. He's a masterful storyteller, so this episode is a long one, and but it's so good. I had such a challenging time editing it because just every little bit and piece of every story was just too good not to tell. I hope you enjoy. from yeah. Norco okay. to Santiago and you were the principal and then uh, fast forward a couple of years we had a major health concern yeah. in my family but it was a really really difficult time in, in my life and then in, in our family and this is kind of a funny story though we had the, that was at the time when Santiago did the celebrity basketball games. Oh, yeah. And Reggie played. Is this the her on game? The team. <laughs> and it's really funny, you probably don't know this side, but before that <laughs> happened, cause my husband played basketball in high school. Okay, I And know that. so I was like, honey, you gonna play? Like, you know, <laughs> that seems like something you would want to do. And he's like, no, because my experience is, Someone always gets always, hurt.
2: Always,
1: <laughs> always, always. And it was you that time. So those who are so listening funny. that don't know, <laughs> Reggie, well, the exact injury was
3: Torn Achilles.
1: Torn Achilles. So
3: exploded. Yeah,
1: it was Achilles. bad news bears. Yeah. So then you were on a on the little scooter. Yeah. And if anyone doesn't know Santiago, <laughs> it's literally the like a college campus and but during to tie it with that that time I was in like essentially two flights of stairs where my classroom was I was like in the middle of the campus now near the gym was where my classroom was at that time and so for him to come down on a scooter all the way down to my classroom just to tell me whatever you need I'm here for you I'm concerned about you and your family let me know that was a big deal to me. I will never forget. I it. meant
3: it. I meant it.
1: I mean you yeah. scootered down all <laughs> the way down to my classroom.
3: Remember how um, the kids would laugh at me when I came in? They laughed at me when I came in. Your principal's on a scooter yeah. coming through. They yeah. they would just chuckle and laugh.
1: You know, there was a lot going on and also at a school that knew my husband. Yeah. And knew him. And so it was it was a big deal. I'll never forget that. I feel like yeah i
3: remember said i would i would cover her classes and i I thought in my head i don't know i wouldn't know what i was doing but But i will she would set me up nicely (laughs) i remember that Um,
0: so i was trying to think and i have no idea the first time i actually met you because our paths have been like it's been like 15 16 17. because you're an ad
3: so i saw you in different places yeah
0: but i opened a brand new high school i was fortunate enough to be given the athletic director title and you know, part of the process to becoming a CIF school, somebody from the CIF has to come in to the, come out to the school and make sure a we're a legit school, like they're just not on yeah. paper submitting yeah. something and B kind of just check the facilities and make sure we're good. So I set this meeting up and Reggie shows up. We you know, walk the school whatever did the necessary paperwork we needed to do and then moved on and our paths crossed a little bit in that two and a half three years that i was there just through cif through sports and stuff like that and then when i decided to make the transition over to corona norco i got an interview and i show up down here at the the do for an interview and i'm sitting in hr waiting And who walks out of the, to come pick me up for my interview, here comes Reggie. And I remember, because I was so like nervous, you know how nervous you get. And literally, I saw Reggie and I was like, it's going to be okay. Like, I know this guy, like I'm okay. (laughs) We did some work while you were here and then you left, but we still always stayed connected. And then we actually did our doctoral program together even though we we're in separate cohorts yeah. we went yeah. to the same school same year graduated the same year I think we defended within a couple of weeks of each other
3: mm-hmm.
0: so I kind of we, we kind of have a history it's cool these
3: connections it huh? is
0: I know the mentorship and the you know the guidance and friendship Reggie brings Dr. Tompkins brings so just try
3: to be me it's That's awesome
0: so with Can't that be just else. trying to be me tell yeah. us a little bit what I
3: love about storytelling is that it's our story
2: yes
0: Yes.
3: so we can tell it and i always tell people know your story know where you want your story to go Mm
2: -hmm.
3: pay attention to that because only you can tell the story make it a good story Mm
2: -hmm. and it's
3: ongoing you know we're always trying to get wherever it is that we're trying to get but um i will talk about my childhood so i was even though i was born in chicago illinois i i don't know anything about chicago because we came to california right away my dad Mm -hmm. um got a job at Kaiser Steel from from Chicago so he came out early and then um, he got a job and he started saving money and he sent for us so we came out he bought a house and we started life Mm -hmm. but of course it ended up in divorce at a certain point Mm -hmm. so we went from pretty much a middle-class family enjoying Kaiser and all the benefits of Kaiser it was the highest-paying job I think in the area at the time and uh, all of a sudden we're on welfare and in San Bernardino, um, we had to move out of the house that he had, um, that they had bought together. So the house went un- in Hawk, And then we ended up at, in a place called The Projects. And people say, The Projects? That's just like on TV, just The Projects. Yeah. It literally was The Projects. It was, it was called The Bricks. That was the nickname. And the reason, because all the houses were brick and they, were, they looked exactly the same. Different colors here and there, but not that much. Yeah. And it was like, it was a duplex. So uh-huh. two homes connected. And at the time, um, the city was going through, the Norton Air Force Base was was, was being debated to be closed, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it did close. And when it finally closed, it just decimated the whole area. I mean, when you talk about the poverty and the change from middle class to the change from mm-hmm. all American city to a city that you didn't wanna live in because of the murder rates started going up and the gang activity yeah. showed up, the bloods in the crips and and that almost yeah. originated in my neighborhood wow. that's where it started so uh, my mom had a tough go at it because she was on welfare with uh, five kids at the time ended up with a sixth uh, from another person <laughs> another man for my my youngest brother um,
1: so dad no longer in the picture dad's gone okay.
3: he's he's being forced to 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 pay his child support, mm-hmm. although I, I think that was a rough go for my mother because there was mm-hmm. some sort of a fight, but um, she ended up getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was minimal, and I think during this time it was actually it hadn't come yet, so we were just on welfare. Yeah,
2: right. So
3: you know it it was it was interesting and it was funny because I hated I hated my mother because of how we were living.
1: Because you thought it was her her fault. Yeah.
3: Um, mm-hmm. I didn't care about my father because he was just wasn't there. You know what no. I mean? He just, I, he was a non-factor as far as that went. Right. Um, I didn't know to blame him for not paying attention or.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and there's a lot more behind that story. I could give you some deep stuff on that piece because it <laughs> right. turns out he's not my father. It's I have a different father, which okay. I've never met in my whole life. Doesn't matter to me though. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter. I, my wife makes more a big deal of it than I do. <laughs> That's the man that raised me during the time. Yeah. He was my father at the time, mm-hmm. up to the time he passed. I called him Daddy, yeah, Pops, right. whatever you want. But it, you know, when I think about it, um, it wasn't easy, especially for my mother. But what, what I always paid attention to is when I when I would come home, I knew I knew we were poor. The only re- only reason I knew we were poor is I would go to school. <laughs> so at school, I saw my yeah. friends with Op yeah. and Nike and all this other stuff and. And I'm in these class, classes with all these white kids. And I'm like, why am I in the class with the white kids? My, my friends are in classes with other black kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Why am I in these classes? Nobody told me I was smart. <laughs> Except for my mother.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: She knew I was an intelligent kid. Yeah. Um, so I must have tested well. I don't know what this is, It was called the CTPS or something yeah. like that at the time. But so this was I, a
0: public school. Public school. And they segregated north,
3: that way. Well, it wasn't really segregation. I was in these classes and my friends were in these other classes. So right. I found out I was poor because of what I saw at school. And that's where my resentment for my mother started to come because um, I would go to bed at night sometimes and I'd be so angry and I would, all, I would say to myself, I am not going to live like this. I am not going to be poor. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. But it was more out of spite. So um, you know, in, our neighborhood is very violent. Um, there were shootings. The gang activity ramped up big time in the projects for a while, you know? um, and there were times where, you know, I, I wrote on this sheet here. I wrote, you know, hit the flow. That's what my mother would say. Hit the flow, you guys, because they're shooting now, and you could hear the bullets coming off the bricks of our of our houses. You know, windows were being broken and because yeah. of the the gunshots. Yeah. And so we'd go to the other side of the house um, while it was going on. If the if the shooting was on this side, we go to that side, and uh, it was just the families, we were both connected and we're all taking cover at the same time. But there were other times that um, I was just so happy. I was happy because we were tight as, as a family. You know, you, you when you're in those situations in those neighborhoods, every home is a family. So, like our neighbors, they were like our family. Yeah. We had a wall that, that connected
2: yeah.
3: we had an adjoining wall. Yeah. Uh, we could sometimes hear things over there. <laughs> so we went back and forth between the, uh, yeah. between the houses all the time. Um, all my Latino friends, I mean, we, we were tight in the, mm-hmm. in the projects, but um, people started to die. Like, you know, people would go to house parties and they would, they would die. There was one particular night that I was at my buddy's house across two streets over, same exact type of house. His name was Louis Davis. And I would go to Louie's house and we would just hang out and hang out by the fence and one night his father comes and says, Hey, Louie, come in the house, Reggie, go home. What's up? Don't ask him questions, just go now, Reggie, go home. Take the back way, go behind the house. But by the, by, by the way, the backyard's all shared. So right. okay. there were it was a square street, the whole yeah. block.
1: And then everybody.
3: Everybody had the same backyard. You could go from here all the way down there, but it was, yeah. it was a shared space. Yeah,
1: there were no fences. No fences.
3: Street. So I could go, I could go like through back of somebody's house to get home, right. go through their parking structure and get home. And as I'm walking, I hear these gunshots. Pop, 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 pop. Well, his father was exchanging with a guy across the street that he saw kind of, I guess he was just sitting there. So these things, you know, it's wow. like PTSD for me because yes. um, it was so close. Mm-hmm. And, and people had no idea when I went to school that that's what I was dealing with. Yeah. They had no idea. But for me, it didn't distract my learning because I was definitely going to make sure they didn't know where I was living and where I was coming from. Yeah. Because I'm in the class of all these rich kids
2: Yeah.
0: that mm-hmm.
3: live next to the mountain. I'm being bussed from the west side all the way up to the north end because they had built this brand new school and there's some sort of requirement as a magnet Somehow your
1: mom got you in that program.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't know what happened. Yeah. I have no idea what happened. But our whole family got to go through that school. So yeah. um, I got to see... Um, schools with more resources. Um, our schools on the west side were dilapidated. They were they were old, they, mm-hmm. they weren't being addressed. Um, the, the populations were mostly poor.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so I'm staying on that for a while because that's where my anger just it just boiled up mm-hmm. to the point I, I resented everything about my home.
0: So did any of your neighborhood um, friends go to that same school or they all went to the west a side? A few of school? us did.
3: Most of them had to stay on the west side. Got it. But a few of us, so there was something that, that got you there
0: with your I, moms and you don't know. I, like you know you I, I think
3: it was a lottery type oh, okay. on the West side and, and you had to be a certain ethnic, ethnicity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so it really made that school way um, It was
1: probably an, way attempt, more an attempt at yeah. equity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think it was. Yeah. About.
3: But I, I benefited from it. Um, the teachers were great. Um, I never felt like a teacher was uh, treating me in a racist way or any way, shape or form mm-hmm. at that school. But at that age, I wouldn't have known what that was anyway.
2: Yeah, right. You
3: know, I wouldn't have known. But I, but the neighborhood is a totally different story. Like some of the high school kids would walk through our, our yard um, as we were you know, on, um, what do you call it when we go out for activities? Recess. recess. Right. So we're out for recess, and one particular story that happened, which started to wake me up a little bit about racism, um, a girl was walking across the um, across with her buddy, and she looks at me and she goes, hey, tar baby. Um, and I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. All I heard was baby. And I was like, oh, she's being nice to me. I didn't hear the tar. <laughs> right. Well, my white friend, uh, Jimmy Bees, uh, heard what she said.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And we were really tight, you know, just right. at school. I never hung out with him outside of school because yeah. I was bused, so I, I could yeah. only see him at school. And But we were tight. And he said, Reggie, you know she called you? I said. Yeah, baby," he said. "No, no, no, no." She called you tar baby,
2: mm-hmm.
3: tar, tar. I said what, and it hurt my feelings so bad because I, yeah. th- I thought she was being nice. Yeah, right. Um, so, the next time she came through, we were ready for her. <laughs> and Jimmy, I love this guy to this day. We still talk. He's he looks way different now, but he's he's still my guy. And he we he threw rocks at her. He threw big rocks at her, <gasps> oh, my
2: and
3: Lord. they had to run because I joined in and started throwing tail, <laughs> But I appreciated him advocating yeah. for me
2: mm-hmm. at that
3: time because he lived up there, that was his neighborhood. Yeah. But obviously in his home, that's not how we're gonna treat people. That's not how we're yeah. gonna behave. So we go from there, we go to middle school and I become um, uh, an honors type student. I mean, but I still didn't know that I was smart. Nobody ever said, Reggie, you're, you're like here. Yeah. That's why you're not in the class with some of your other classmates
1: you were just going along you were I was just, just doing
3: what I do <laughs>
1: they put me in this class so I'm doing it and and, do that's that's kind of proof though too that whole like heterogeneous right yeah. groups of students yeah. Yeah. and that you you rose to the occasion yeah
3: and, when, and only way I can tell the story now because I can look back on it and I understand some things better now I understand why I may not have been told about my level of whatever proposed you know, intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand some of that now. And that was, that was some of the, the racist type behavior. And I'm saying it that way, underlying, mm-hmm. that I wasn't, I wasn't encouraged, I wasn't, matter of fact, they told my mother I was slow, even though I was obviously testing high in something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: and her question back to them was always, well, did he get the question right? Yeah. And did he eventually finish? And
2: mm-hmm. yes,
3: okay, then that's all that matters. That's what she would tell him. Stop telling me my son is slow. All my report cards in elementary came back average. Hmm. Now, now I'm telling you, I don't feel like I was treated any different way, but I had friends I knew weren't smarter than me that had advanced on their right. report cards. Mine were always average, even though I was the top speller
2: right. math.
3: You know, I was a fat, I got it done. You know, I, mm-hmm. by the sixth grade, I was pretty yeah. good. But I still, I couldn't get an advance from a teacher.
0: Do you think it was some of that unconscious bias? Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind.
1: That could also reflect on the grading. Absolutely. So I go into
3: middle school. I'm on the honors deal all all three out of the four semesters. One semester, I kind of messed up.
1: Sometimes it's just expectations. Like. I don't know. Like a lot of the research that. I've done uh, even conversations with my husband because he he consistently teaches at a really high level. Yes, he
3: does. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) To
1: all kids. Yes. Any kid, I will bring you on my back if I have to. We're all getting there. But it's that mindset. But But it's that mindset that all kids can succeed. You're going to work. And sometimes we do that, oh, this kid's. Poor yeah. this kid yeah. is an intellectual des- yeah. disability. I should I should just lower my you know, oh yeah. poor and it's not it's doing the kid a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. By absolutely. But if you look I mean at all that. the research within that, if you set high expectations
0: for a kid and you're meeting their needs, kids will achieve at high levels if you give them the, the support, support. Yeah. and the target yeah. intervention, enrichment, whatever it is that they need. Yeah. They will achieve at high levels,
3: and and we have to. As a student, Mm -hmm. we have to do our part. Agreed. Absolutely, you gotta work. You gotta work. I can't.
0: I can't hold your pencil.
3: You gotta work for you. Yeah. But again, that goes back
0: to mindset of the student then (laughs) too, and how are we supporting that student's mindset to get them to think that you know what, Dr. Tompkins believes in me. I can do this. I can do this. So I think it's mindset on both sides.
3: Absolutely. So middle school is where I found out I was smart because they gave me recognition they gave me these awards because I was getting you're like wow I'm
1: winning stuff I'll
3: be honest with you I still didn't really understand that everybody wasn't getting this but I knew that I was being recognized for my efforts Hmm. so I didn't know who wasn't getting it. I never asked my friends matter of fact I hid it from them because you know they weren't they weren't achieving at the at the level that I was Um, so I started to get engaged with sports which was a good thing in middle school Hmm. I grew uh, from one summer to the next, seventh to eighth grade, I grew probably, I think, three or four inches. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, I'm a basketball player <laughs> when I would never played before in my whole life, um, which is cool, though. I mean, it, it, I got to meet more people. And mm-hmm. it's funny. These these folks that, be, that were superstars to me, by the time we got to high school and up through the senior year, they, they were gone. And I was still moving. I was still excelling. Yeah. And these other people who were giants to me, they were giants and heroes to me. Right. Um, Big thud, and I didn't. What happened? Yeah. What happened? They peaked really early, but I continued to grow and I continued to get better. And but either way, get the high school great sometimes experience.
1: Sometimes it is a you're kind of making me think. Sometimes it is a gift to not know what yeah. you have. Yeah. 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 Because you don't get that whole like yeah. you don't get that ego. I
3: had no idea. That
1: ego side of it. I had no idea. Where you're, yeah. where you're, I don't know. Like sometimes it's it is a blessing that you don't know because you don't. Yeah entitlement I don't know if it is but you yeah. know how sometimes when you know you're good it's like well I want this I yeah. should be playing yeah. I should have game time I should yeah and like you you never knew so you're just no. working hard
3: <laughs> I i the, in our middle school was a key for me because it was that it's that awkward stage I I was tall lanky when I grew I had these dark circles under my eyes I was a typical teenager <laughs> going through a shift in the look and <laughs> You know, couldn't get a girlfriend because I <laughs> saw myself as not good looking, and I was like, you know, I go to like the, I went to one dance, and I just, I held that wall up boy, I held <laughs> that the wall, wall up flower. good, <laughs> big time, watching everybody else, imagining myself out there, knowing I couldn't dance, so. Thank God they didn't ask me anyway, so it's all good. But 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 my PE teacher, Mr. McGarry, and I remember all their names. The ones that, that touch you, you remember their names. Yep. Mr. McGarry did a simple thing. He made me a junior captain where I got to go up and lead the exercises. That changed my life.
2: That's when I started
3: <laughs> to see myself as a leader because he saw a leader in me. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: So we do that. You're like big time. You get a hat, they put stars on it, and everything. It's really cool. It's really cool. You're so going to need that, that
0: picture if you I have to, one. Oh, it's
3: awesome. It is so cool. But uh, yeah, I got to be a junior captain and everything. So when I ended up in high school, um, I played basketball as I transitioned like ninth grade. I, I fell in love. I was a baseball player originally, uh, but because of my injury here, I had to stop and play something mm-hmm. else. So it was basketball. But I had a great high school experience at Pacific High School. And then my school closed my senior year, so my senior year I had to go to a different school, hmm. which is traumatic for any kid.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we call
3: ourselves the Lost Class of '84. I was just telling the ladies out there the story this morning about them not allowing me to transfer to the school I wanted to be at as a senior, because uh, everybody wanted to go to that school, so they couldn't accommodate all the seniors. Oh. So they just put a blanket rule out and said you're gonna yeah. go where you're years your, your old. You know
1: why they closed yeah. it? You probably yeah,
3: part 13.
1: Oh okay yeah. Prop
3: 13 that that caused a closure of a high school. Year. Worst thing you can ever do to a kid, by the way. And I remember that. Worst thing you can ever do to a kid. Their identity. A whole mm-hmm. class displaced at a school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my friends took the early exit exam. Uh, other it friends went to, the, they went to the went to all day. lean on And, dis-
1: and others and did great. Others
3: it. went to yeah. the school they wanted to go to. A lot well, of the again, went. I think
0: that mindset played in like okay I wanted to go to this school my yep. friends are here yep. I'm gonna make it the best yep. because we're all together still Whereas yep. the ones that got placed somewhere they didn't want to go yep. Yep. Uh.
3: and, and <laughs> I still remember that so when, you know when I'm in education there's certain things that have happened in my life that are very important to me that I pay attention to because I know how I was impacted by it and so I try to remember that when I'm dealing with my families or dealing with yeah, you know yeah. I was in charge of transfers here don't think that that experience doesn't play into how I work with families here
1: right.
3: around transfer. Uh, when yeah. I first came here as admin director,
1: yeah.
3: uh, now Jeremy's well, telling me that's
1: empathy. Absolutely, you, you tap into absolutely those experiences where you can be close to the to the issue that they're experiencing. I'm trying to
3: be intentional. Not um, I'm not trying to be. Un- you can do some things that are natural to you, but if you're intentional um, okay. and strategic with it, yes. um, you'll utilize that experience to help others right. and to make decisions yes. that you think are best for others or you can be a natural and you're always really good at it but it's kind of haphazard it's, it, yeah. that that would be hit and miss so I try to be more strategic as I get older mm-hmm. um, to use my experiences to help but so either way get through high school play basketball got to go to college and play um, great experience best thing I ever did was to play in college I, I didn't really think I was going to because I was a six-two forward Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got to my junior college, they taught Which me Which is how to play hilarious guard. that 6'2
1: yeah. is not really I was tall. A six two four. I a 6'2", know, yeah.
3: to be for <laughs> yeah. But I ended up uh, learning how to be a guard, and I got to come back and play at Cal State San Bernardino. And got a great experience there and coached there for a little while and, and ended up in education. So that was my trajectory. It's, it's um, in the projects for the whole experience yeah. from, I think it was fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, all the way through um, high school and graduating.
1: So yeah. when you went to college, what was your what was your major?
3: Um, when I, did you
1: decide to be going to education? Or do you even college. remember that? I, I went happened? to
3: college to play basketball.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, this is why. But, but this is exactly why I really highly value sports. Yeah. Because anything to engage a kid in school, yeah. then we need to do it right. Just like and the arts. Just kids, like yeah. yeah. I would even yeah. argue a lot of kids. <laughs> come to school to play sports. Yes. And.
3: You're absolutely right.
1: I I mean, and it's such a good thing for them. And then they will get all X, Y, Z done because they play that sport.
3: And then a little maturity Mm -hmm. shows up. They start thinking about what they want to do. And then eventually they connect. Then all of a sudden they realize I've got opportunities because of Mm -hmm. my education.
0: Well, you look at all the research around, you know, the connection. If kids have a connection to the school, their academics increase. Yeah. You know, if they're just coming to school because they have to come to school, they may just be getting by. But if they're coming to school and have a reason outside of academics to come to school, whether it's a club, it's theater, it's band, it's a sport. If they're connected, that's going to show up in the classroom also and in their academics.
3: Yeah, I even tell folks that, um, like, my mother couldn't always come to our games. And and baseball, she, she got to as much as she could but mm-hmm. as we got older she didn't she had the younger kids to do it yeah. she didn't come to my games
2: right she had
3: no idea that even when i was a senior how good i was no. she had no idea and she showed up to a game with my stepfather and he picked up on it so, and he looked at him, <laughs> pretty good <laughs> and uh my mother had no idea she didn't know she had she was just main. she was raising kids doing the yeah. best she could
2: yeah
3: but I, you know i go back to this thing with my anger um I used to resent her for these things. I tried to blame her for things. And I still remember my, my mother. My mother would wake up early and, you know, she smoked. So you look in the room, there's a red dot. And she's smoking. <laughs> and one one morning I heard her crying. And I was like, um,
1: you didn't understand What's going on?
3: Why. Well, I thought her boyfriend had beat her up again or something. Yeah, yeah. The violence was, we watched my mother. Right. And then we would jump in and fight with him too and get yeah. the man to leave.
2: Yeah. And then
3: all of a sudden that man was back a week later and yes. we'd be like, Why is he back? Yeah. What do you, what do, mm-hmm. We don't need him. We're yeah. good. I even offered to like just work. I said, I'll work and we'll pay bills.
2: Mm-hmm. But I don't want
3: that man in our house.
2: Yeah. He hit you. Yeah.
3: Why do you. Why do you want him back? And then in the end, it's almost like we were being blamed a little bit why she couldn't have a man right? because of the kids. But either way, her, she was smoking and she was crying. But I was at the peak of my anger as a young kid.
2: Yeah.
3: And um, I, I, I didn't know what she was crying about till later. Right. And wh- what she was crying about is that she couldn't feed us that day. she couldn't feed us that day or the next day and she was Mm -hmm. and i cry when i talk about it because i missed it
1: yeah i missed you didn't have that perspective no but she i mean she was
3: struggling i had no idea how bad Mm -hmm. she was struggling so when i look back on it i I always tell people you know i I lived my life as a teenager and and in my head it was in spite of my family and my mother in spite of her Mm -hmm. i'm going to be successful i'm going to be successful but in the end, I tell people all the time now, I'm successful because of my mother.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not
3: in spite of her, because of her. Yeah. Because of what she did, what I saw her do, what she sacrificed. Yeah. She sacrificed her men for us. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. So um, she sacrificed whatever. Now, yeah. it comes down to decisions, having kids. and
1: Yeah, she, I mean, you know? she could have walked out too. It comes down, down to, to decisions, homeless. yeah. I mean, but yeah, she and sure. part of the system. Yeah, oh, hey, I'm sure
3: up. she thought about it a couple yeah. times. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. yeah. But but she stayed it. She stayed the course. None of us are in jail. I got a brother that passed away from kidney failure, but beyond that, we're all good. Yeah. We mm-hmm. uh, law-abiding citizens that care about each other. We're not yeah. tight. We're not close because of the stepfather. We all just yeah. wanted to get out once we got finished. Right. Uh, we didn't want to stay um, yeah. in that environment because he was beating her. You know that he was he was very controlling
0: but it's you know sometimes it just yeah. takes that stepping back that reflection yeah. that maturity because let's we're and not wait maturity mature. too because yes. even
1: even boy like i think i've mentioned it in a past podcast that the the gender research yeah. that boys are up to two years behind in maturity absolutely than girls until about until whenever they hit puberty yeah then something happens in the, cause they can do brain imaging now and they they study, like we have so much brain research now. Then all of a sudden, boys catch up Yeah, and they're right. And so there is a re like, it's also the way I approach discipline because if you look at, I don't know, high school, who are the ones that are mostly getting in trouble usually? A lot sophomore, soft, sophomore, boys, sophomore are, boys are probably our highest so sophomore boys yeah. they're at that maturity level yeah. that you need them to be at a sophomore
0: yeah. maturity level yeah. but they might not be no
1: well in and sophomore so, year
0: is they're trying to find their place in the school too because freshmen think about it you're brand new to the school you don't know, really know sophomore you think you know what your place is. yeah in the you school think you is. got it you think you got it, but you're still an underclassman. And remember, that's just,
3: sophomore year was the highest uh, uh, F rates, yeah, The rates. Mm-hmm. Well, in sophomore yeah. year,
0: academically, I think is their first time where they're get it's a it's a harder academic yeah. year if they're on yeah. a traditional course of studies. Right, I think sophomore year probably is one of your hardest academic years if you're on a traditional because you're you could potentially be adding chemistry and upper yeah. level math yeah. it's their mm-hmm. hardest I bombed year, chemistry
3: too. That year i could not it was too oh, much oh i couldn't
1: do chem i had to come back and do awful. it as a junior
3: i know a senior <laughs> i came back and did it as a senior
1: but it's not it i mean the proof's and the pudding in the brain imaging and yeah. It, yeah it's not all intellectual yeah. no it is a lot to do with maturity yes. at, huh? so guess what all your girls are doing fine yep yeah they're behaving yeah. they're getting good grades what's going on with their boys yeah. well yeah. because yeah. they yeah. it's not that they're not smart or yeah. capable it's that they don't have the self-regulation yeah. because yeah. the maturity is just not there yet yeah, they, right. the wherewithal the you know and so like i just i thought it was interesting because now we have we have boys <laughs> and but yeah i can imagine you're I'm like putting my shoes on of your mom and like all those. Can you
3: imagine? Yeah,
1: <laughs> boys imagine? in one house yeah. and then.
3: I, I still remember I was a smart aleck because I always talk back. The reason I talked back, because I didn't respect our, how we were living. I, I was mad at her. Mm-hmm. So I would, I, I, like I knew everything. I was I was yeah. one of those challenging teenagers talking back to her as like a 13, 14 year old, you know, the twelve, mm-hmm. yeah. I was talking back, and 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 one day she just got sick of it. She started to drive out. She was leaving. I said something, and she's pulled, she skid that car back <laughs> into the driveway. And all I remember is I was on the ground and she was driving away. That's all I remember. I swear. You,
0: you like blacked out. She, I, I think
3: she knocked me out. <laughs> and. I thought twice I about, about it, but it's also... <laughs> I Aww. thought about t- six kids at that time. Yeah. And leaving to go to work, she was on welfare, but she chose to work at Church's Chicken,
2: mm-hmm. so
3: she was bringing in a paycheck. Yeah.
2: Right. So
3: she felt like she was earning her money. Something. And yeah. then she took the food stamps and the the other money that we got minus her check. They took out whatever she was making at Church's. They took it out of her welfare check. Yeah.
2: yeah. So she
3: worked that, and then from there. She got to work at Montgomery Ward. She became full-time there. Mm-hmm. Then she ended up at General Dynamics. Um, but the entire time, my mother always suffered from um, uh, mental mental illness, depression. Yeah. And
1: obviously confidence and all, all, all the above. Yeah, yeah, all paranoid the above.
3: schizophrenia. Yeah. She always thought people were looking down on her. It, yeah. If they made a face, she thought they were, were focused on her. And it was a part of her mental illness and her right. depression. Yeah. And so in the end, that's really what got her was, was that mental illness and the depression. Is what kind of took her really sideways? Uh, but when you think about it, you got a man beating on you. You're you're, you're from Mississippi. I don't know. I I didn't say that. She's mm-hmm. from Lower Mississippi. And my mother used to have to go through back doors. My mother was a part yes. of getting hosed down. Um, mm-hmm. Just the meaning, or The family dynamic was interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Just
3: interesting things in the South. Right. Um, you know, we had relatives that were born in the fields. So mm-hmm. not sure about.
1: Because they had
3: to work till the day of their yeah you know? yeah I mean it's slaves I mean my family mm-hmm. is it's we came straight over through North Carolina
1: right
3: that's where Cameroon we we came right through there we were on in the slave trade that's my family um, on my mom's side and my, and my dad's side um, but mainly my mother's side so she went through all of that it was traumatic she had a tough upbringing she had to raise all of her siblings as a kid and then all of a sudden when she had us she had two uncles that had to come and live with us. Because she was still sort of like their mother too, Mm -hmm. Um, so she had a lot on her plate. She's
0: always been the provider. So
3: by the time she was done, she was tired. She was tired. So she she wanted good, nice things. She wanted she wanted a good finish. You know, she didn't get it. I feel bad for it. Yeah. But she's been rewarded now. She's in heaven and she's good. She's Mm -hmm. good. But um, I feel bad she never got where she felt her happiness was. Uh, But in the end, you know, all these grandkids kids are all fine yeah. all, you know she joined my brother my brother passed before she did so she you know she's with him right now she's mm-hmm. chilling. but um, it wasn't easy for her so when you look at all that in the end it makes sense and and injuries from this guy beating her Yeah. there's no doubt she oh yeah had,
2: yeah. Some had some trauma. Sure. Yeah. yeah you
3: know yeah um, we used to fight this guy we never understood she ended up marrying him we couldn't we couldn't get it we don't understand this is my stepfather
2: yeah
3: I couldn't believe she married this guy yeah. But what do we know? Yeah. We don't know.
1: Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's also just, there's so many things that you're right, you don't know, that could have, she could have been experiencing. She could have felt alone, and he was yeah. the only one that listened to her. You yeah. never know. Yeah. like, yeah. And so, you yeah. know, it's just, she was obviously not supported. Yeah. She obviously wasn't supported with mental yeah. health, with raising boys. Yeah with poverty, and so, I don't know, I you think it's- You just
3: look at it, and she was so strong, is my point, she was yeah. so strong all these years, and to see her in the end, uh, mentally and emotionally, not to be able to handle like small things.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it was
3: like, what happened to my mother? But, I get it, I get it. She got it. tired. I get it. She's and been it. strong for That was a lot. a lot of trauma. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot, and we, mm-hmm. all, are, we all are very thankful you know, as kids, the one, uh, us that are alive, yeah. we're thankful. Yeah. We, we, like I said, we're not breaking laws and we're trying yeah. to do our best and we're raising kids and trying to be the best parents we can be. So mm-hmm. she did, she did, it did right. her job.
0: I was gonna say, she did it right. She did her you job, are, she did her know, job. So, so, I
3: mean, that's my upbringing. That's, you know, the school piece. And, you know, I, I, the only reason I ended up going to college was because I, I wanted to play basketball. And then while almost being done with college, I realized I was close to a degree. And I said, you might as well finish. That's really how it happened. Yeah. You know how I picked my, my major? Number one, um, it fit in my schedule because I was working full time at State of Brothers. And
0: mm-hmm. played basketball. And
3: played basketball, so mm-hmm. I could take these sociology courses because their time the times of the yeah. courses were great, right. and I happened to like them. <laughs> That's how I picked my major.
0: So it's like you're only a couple classes away. You might as well finish. Might as well
3: finish. <laughs> so I finish. What do you do with a sociology degree? Yeah. I'm working at Stater's, I got a good job. I'm not going anywhere. Bob Molina, the guy in charge of the um, Teamsters, local number 63, I think it was, in Colton. I was working at the warehouse, the main mm-hmm. warehouse, making good money, they had my degree. And for some reason, it was, a, it was a, a, a Saturday, I was working a Saturday, getting some more overtime, yeah, making some money. <laughs> um, and Bob, he would just check in, because he was the union president, so he would check in uh-huh. on like, different facilities. He shows up, and he's sitting in the break room as I take my break, and he's like, hey, come here. And he was really, he was like a monster. I'm telling you. <laughs> the stuff you see on TV, he drove he drove sure a rat-top uh, Monte Carlo. Oh,
2: he drove a Monte Carlo.
3: <laughs> and he would drive in, he had special parking, nobody else could come in, but he could. And he, he looked at me, he said, what are you doing here? I said, what do you mean what am I doing here? He said, I, everybody tells me that you... You playing college. You play college ball. And they tell me you have a degree.
2: Yeah.
3: I said, Yeah, I do have a degree. He said, Why are you here, man? I said, Well, because I like this job. It's easy, and I get paid a lot of yeah. money. <laughs> I'm doing well. And he <laughs> goes, You don't belong here, man.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I said, What do you mean, Bob? He said, Reggie, there's more. There's something else for you. He said, You need to get out of here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And
3: I looked at him like, the... I thought you liked me. I thought you were cool. <laughs> what
1: am I doing wrong? Me out now?
3: <laughs> but he was he was telling me, and it's funny what's crazy he died like three years later um of cancer And too
1: just more people smoked yeah more people did yeah, it so was a big my he, parents, he died of my ugly, dad cancer,
3: ugly cancer ugly yeah. cancer um but bob is the one that initiated the conversation that use your degree go out there mm. and figure it out use your degree so within that three two two years after that i was uh you know trying to become a teacher because i was coaching basketball at the alternative high school in san Bernardino, mm. and Margaret had given me an emergency credential through the district. She said, you got to work on getting your credential. So it took me five years to pass to practice in PE. PE is the hardest.
1: Well, let's be real. It's Standardized changed a little bit. tests are challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Like, and and don't think it didn't define me. It did for a while, and I let it because I was failing. Yeah. And I hated it. So in the end, I, I, I was still a part-timer at State of Res. I worked summers. And I told my wife, I'm just going to go back and work at State of Brothers. You know, so I had already signed up for another test. The results for the other one was coming in. Yeah. So the day, a day before I'm taking the test again, I get the results from the previous test, and I passed.
0: (laughs) You're like, oh, I don't need to go take the test. Can you
3: imagine how how that I felt like I can start my life now? That's not right though. Yeah, I don't think a test should ever yes. do that. it should
1: never define. Because it didn't define path. me as a teacher. I was yeah. a good
3: teacher as yeah. the, on an emergency credential. Mm-hmm. I did a good job with my kids.
1: It's amazing the psyche
0: that a test puts on you. Like it's crazy, it, it can mess. But anyway, guys.
3: that's that that's how I ended up <laughs> in teaching. It was haphazard. But Bob Molina, if I could talk to him today, I would tell him, "You thank you, yeah. thank you for waking me up and getting me out of my easy zone. I could do my job in my sleep instead of Brothers. I yeah. grew." Mm-hmm. Like, um, education was way different, so that's why I enjoyed going to work in the staters in the summer because yeah. I got a different, different a environment working with yeah. us, so a different vibe. Um, but from there, um, you know, ended up in education and uh, what, what, what well, was well. Talk
1: about your, kind like of your your funny to though. leadership. Oh, go ahead. But it's kind of funny because you started coaching, and that's how that's you. Got kind in. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I Same originally bad. we talked about it. I, yeah. mean, I was a nursing
0: student, I started coaching, and I was like, wait a minute this nursing thing is getting in the way of yeah, me of coaching, coaching, so I need to go to school and get my credentials so yeah. I can do this, so yeah. It's
3: that's crazy. The, the so much reason. joy
1: working with kids.
3: Oh, and it's yeah. it's yeah. incredible. And I'll tell you There's right now, so my folks used to say, um, you know, you, you're getting out of coaching to go on the admin, and I says, well, to be honest with you, as a coach, you probably get paid like ten cents an hour at the time that right. you put it in. That's true. It's a lot of time.
0: No, it's true. And ten, I loved it. Ten though. cents is a lot. Yeah, yeah I, would say <laughs> I loved
3: does. it. I loved it. Yeah. But when I when I finished, um, I coached five years at San I as a head basketball coach, and it's funny. Great convers. Great great things happen in the bathroom. <laughs> great things happen in the bathroom. So I'm bathroom in the bathroom.
1: That's usually. This I'm, is usually women. I'm in the bathroom. I was say, this yeah, is like why women, women like to go to the bathroom Yeah, women together. take a break, go to the bathroom, and they're like,
0: hey, da 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 We changed the world in the
1: bathroom.
3: Hey, I'm in the bathroom, and my principal's name was Mr. Phil Haley. Phil Haley is a legend. In fact, the football stadium is named after him. He was at that school straight for 17 straight years. He was the principal of that school.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And he comes in, and he's the restroom, and he says, hey. So, so they tell me, you, you may not want to coach anymore. I said, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to coach anymore, I was telling you. I said, but I'm not leaving unless you pick my assistant coach. He said, well, don't worry about that. We'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I said, maybe I'll try that administrative stuff. I said, just like that. <laughs> and he looks at me, and, and you know, the stalls, were looking at each other, and he goes, OK. He said, you know what? We'll talk. We'll talk. Mm-hmm. So we get done, he goes his way, I go my way. <laughs> We go into spring break. I come back from spring break. He sends a sub to get me for my class. I go up to meet with him. And he says, "You're going to be the assistant principal for the rest of the year." Mr. Dwayne just went out with a kidney replacement or something like that. He's going to get a uh, get him a new kidney, that's so he's like going to be out. On
0: the spot experience. <laughs> and I
3: and I just said okay.
0: The fire. I said
3: okay. He says so the sub that's there is going to be there. You're you're not going back to your classroom. I'm like, wow. So so he says, listen. Go down the hallway and meet Peggy and your assistant. She's going to train you. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he was right. She trained me. Uh-huh. Your assistant is 200% gold. Yep. If they're really good, yes. they do train you. And what she really trained me to do was to be self-sufficient, not to depend on her for things. She taught me how to do it myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I could use her for other things. Yep. Calendar, things you know, making sure I was you know where I need to be, Um, and she can tend to her work uh, instead of doing mine. So she really, to this day, if I could talk to Peggy, I would tell her, thank you. (laughs) She was awesome, and she happened to be his daughter-in-law too. Oh, (laughs) she was married to to (laughs) his son. So, uh, but either way, he said that, and you know, it was hard in the beginning because as an AP, you, in a, and you're new to a team, you're trying to do everything right. Follow the rules. What's the mm-hmm. protocol for this? Yeah. And what? here's what broke me. I had a kid that was caught smoking. And so I went to our matrix, our discipline guidelines, and it said yes. five days suspension. Yes.
1: <gasps> for smoking. Automatic. Yes.
3: And I, and I. wow, really? So I went and checked with my colleagues. They said, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. Or we all do the mm-hmm. same thing. Dang it. So um, I did it. Suspended the kid five days. Because mm-hmm. it's right there. Told the parent. That's our guidelines. Yes and then I went home that night and, I had, and a you, I, had a yeah. I had a migraine I had a migraine I went home and I had already had some feelings about other decisions I had made and because I was trying to follow our guidelines that were made by the team that I was working with right and um, I still remember one night I and I just felt like I was gonna die I was thinking about it so much mm-hmm. and it was hurting me so bad and my heart was just I couldn't take it anymore and I said Reggie I was talking to myself said, you better figure out why you're in this business
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Why are you, Why do you want to be an administrator? What is it you want to do for kids? What do you want to do from this position?
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: I said to myself, I want to do what's best for the kids.
2: Yeah.
3: I said it in my head. I want to do what's best for the kids. But I understand what that means. It means sometimes the kids won't agree. Sometimes the parents won't agree. Sometimes my colleagues or teachers won't agree. Right. But if I'm doing what I think is best for the kid, I think I can sleep at night yeah so I came back that next day with a whole different energy and people picked up on it because I stopped following our guidelines
2: mm-hmm.
3: and like if a kid got kicked out of a class I would deal with the kid and I started doing something you don't do you're supposed to keep the kid the rest of the period send them the next period if they're not suspended from school
2: mm-hmm. I
3: would call the teacher and say listen I just dealt with Johnny do you want him back
2: mm-hmm.
3: can I send him back and they would say yes or no and if they said no I honored it I, I right. didn't say yeah. no I'm sitting back yeah. I would but they appreciated so much mm-hmm. of me calling him and checking in with him. And then I said to one, I said, if he comes back and he's cutting up, I said, turn him right around. If he's trying to show you up, I said, you show mm-hmm. you, You're okay to send him back right. and I'll deal with him. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, but I would prep the kid, don't you? <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> if
0: I have to see you again.
3: <laughs> I'm getting you back in class because, because it didn't make sense. They weren't in class.
0: Yeah. So how long ago was this?
3: my first year in admin so I've yeah. been doing this at least 22 years 22. 21 years So it just years.
0: hearing the story it just makes me years. sad because these are some of the still fights that we're having with 22 these kids. years 22 years later because
3: 22 years
0: I, I see it I mean not yeah. so much now but within yeah. the last five years yeah. it's there started to be a shift but think about it 20 years later we're having these same yeah. fights conversations. Yeah and starting to do really good work here in C and USD with, yeah. with our um, discipline matrix.
3: My colleagues would call stuff. me a softy.
0: But <laughs> I, I get called that. Softy. <laughs> yes. And
3: I would be like, you know what? I'm, I, I'm good. I am right? good yeah. because yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what I, what we want to see a change in behavior. Yes. We want to see a correction.
1: Well, I, I mean, and like all the stuff about restorative practices, yeah. Now we know all that other stuff didn't work anyways. Yeah. Suspending kids, now of course we have to have those measures in place yeah, because sometimes we have to, yeah. to keep kids safe and, yes. to, keep, and to keep teachers safe. That's right. But we also know that it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't change behavior. Well, I yeah. think
0: of it this so, way. I always think of it this way. Academics, you're not learning. What do we do? We will tutor you. We will put you in this intervention. Yeah. We'll put you in that intervention. We're gonna give you the help and the support that you need yeah. so you can be successful. You screw up on the playground. You s- yeah. screw up during the right. passing period. We're gonna okay. just send you home and when you come back, you better be right.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What did we teach
1: them? Where's the intervention? Where's, yeah. you know, so that yeah. it's that whole- Or even th- just a conversation. Thought. Because I'm just even thinking about Reggie's story, like, the anger you were carrying around yeah. that had nothing yeah. to do with any teacher that yep. you were interacting And so if you bring that to school, right, yep. and that comes out in some way, yeah. shape, or form in a class, and then you're sent to the office, elf- yeah. your needs could have been met in a different way. Yeah. Well, you- he's a kid of
0: trauma. I mean, right. think of all the trauma mm-hmm. research. If yeah. you think about it, yeah. if you, yeah. Acted out in school, it probably had absolutely nothing to do with school, yeah. it had to do with the trauma you've had.
3: Yeah, I, I, you guys, it's almost like that. Um, I didn't want anybody to know my home life, so yeah. I behaved, yeah.
1: Mm. But some kids, I was, I was,
3: it's almost like I was living the yeah. perfect life, yeah.
1: Well, also, you had they call it the code switching, yeah. you, yeah, you code switched. You went to school and yeah. you knew you had to be this certain way yeah. and you need to have this certain persona. And then when you were with all your buddies or yeah. whatever yeah. at home, you were a totally different person. And like that is something that I really try to be aware of yeah. when kids have to do that because I've never had to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't really live that way. Like I am pretty much who I am all the time. Yeah. I'm not, I yeah. don't code, I don't have to code switch nor. Yeah. Um, but, like, that, or just even culture. Yeah. Like, if you don't feel that your culture yeah. can yeah. be there, you feel like you have to code switch yep. and be yep. this other person. When
3: I was with my, my buddies at home in the neighborhood, it was, what up, cuz? What up, blood?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You know, it was, that's how we talked. Yeah. But it was a little different when I was at school in my classes with mm-hmm. all these white kids. Um, you know, I, I adjusted mm-hmm. to fit into that room. Yeah. Right. into that but but along the way I admired their lifestyle too I, I was jealous I was yeah. angry I was mm-hmm. embarrassed about the way I lived compared right. to the way, the way I know they were but teachers never asked that question they never knew yeah. um, I was one of those that could manage around it yeah. uh, there's others that, that don't
2: that don't
3: you know and if you don't pick up on that um, mm-hmm. you know you can either shut that kid down that kid's gonna go in a deeper hole or you can you can try to reach out and connect with them and figure out what's going on that takes more time
1: Yeah, it, really it does. does but I I see like all the inspiration and training I've gotten even in this district like Jesse full Jesse Fuller yeah. and if those crucial conversations would have been allowed to happen in your classes how much better off yeah. all those white kids would have been to hear your yeah. side yeah. and you know, yeah. and what you went through every day just to yeah. get to school and yeah. it just or like yeah. Trisha when she talked about how much better kids are when there's true inclusion and how they just see a whole different perspective. And they step up. It makes them yes. better. It yes. makes everybody yeah. better in their room. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. But I also think you can ignore it, like you said, and then it's I don't know I feel like we need to be brave and have those comp they uh, certainly don't need to be 24 7 because we have content we need to teach skills but part of those skills are empathy and perspective and culture differences
3: my struggle academically in high school I had a year where I I discovered Jordache jeans (laughs) (laughs) penny loafers (laughs) Um, I would wear my members-only jacket without a shirt, so you hit, my chest was showing a little bit. <laughs> I need
2: I a picture of ha- I didn't have any now. chest hair or anything, but
3: <laughs> I was chill, and I had this jerry Crow that was just, it was tight. It was, they used to call it, the word was whipped. I was whipped up. And so uh-huh. I, my sophomore year, it was girl time. But I, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> I didn't do it well. I got my first two Fs that year.
1: You were a wallflower, Got my too. first two Fs. <laughs> oh, 'Cause your focus was
3: on the Oh, yeah. I failed. I failed chemistry. You're, you're bidding out. the mo- the model that we yeah. talked the, about uh, the
0: stereotype we talked about earlier. Totally. The uh
3: the the my algebra two teacher was the nicest man on the planet named Mr. Crable. And he he was giving grades out the particular day and he walks up to me and, and at least I tried in, in algebra two. But he said, Reggie, um he said, You um you actually failed the class. He said, but because you're the only one with an F, he said, I'm gonna give you a D because I think you really tried. And so he gave me a D and he saved me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I knew what I had done.
0: And then he popped his chest And here, here's, of his chest. Here's the
3: interesting thing. I went to my mother and I kind of shared with her like I had bombed and I knew she'd be disappointed because she always bragged. She always, "My this is my smart one. This is my smart one, you know. And I come home with a support card and so I, I remember sitting where there she looked at me and I, and I thought she was going to like give me a pump up or something. And she looked at me and she goes, what do you want me to do? She said, that's your problem. You need to figure Good it out. You, yeah. She's like, you need to figure it out. I got, I got to take care of these other kids. Take care <laughs> of your business. <laughs> so um, it took me till I graduated to get my GPA back up to like a 3.2. Because of
0: that one year. That one
3: year. I messed up.
0: George jeans will get you.
3: <laughs> oh man. And what it was I worked that summer. There was a summer programs and that was cool about the projects is that we all qualified for the summer youth employment programs. Oh that's cool. And so the federal monies would come down and like in would, high school. yeah so, so I school. could work as yeah. a 14 year old
1: interesting. And
3: so we got to work. So I got great jobs. I had a job at the rec Center I had a job. I tried to do the forestry thing because you actually get to go stay the night and be in at the oh, and cool. you know help do forestry yeah. type stuff and mm-hmm. sometimes even help fight fires you know but yeah. um, it was just a summer job and we all would go get those jobs and work for the summer and we all could buy nice clothes for school
1: <laughs> and that's <laughs> what we did with our
3: money we bought clothes
1: that's <laughs> what all teenagers do I they know. work they work to either you know buy things that they think they need yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yep. pay for gas to places they yep. think they, they need, need to, to go. go. Yeah. That was exactly what I did. I had a job all throughout high school yeah. for my freshman year. And I even babysat before that. And I don't even know where that money went. Yeah. It always yeah. went to, like, yeah. gas or, like, yeah. silly things like get my nails yeah. done. It's yeah. like, stuff you don't even yeah. need.
3: So, uh, so that's it. I mean, that, that's well, take word. us back
1: right. though. I want to okay. go back to your leadership. you right. Your right.
0: softy admin, you.
3: So, yeah. so
0: how you grew.
3: <laughs> so, so you know, I had that conversation with myself. I spoke to myself and just said, figure out what, what you're doing. Why, you, why are you doing this? And just stay with it. Yeah. So from that point on, I mean, people tell you now, Reggie, you'll say, "We're going to do what's best for kids."
1: Absolutely. Mm. Oh guess, yeah, I've that was sen- that's exactly what since. I remember you for when you were my principal.
3: But there's some things I learned along the way. Um, mm-hmm. You can be passionate in that, but be careful putting your passion on others in a way that you demean them or you mm-hmm. devalue what is, what's important to them or what they need.
2: Yes.
3: Um, you, you you put your your passion on them unforgivingly, meaning that you don't take a look at what they need to be able to be the best for kids. Right. So I started to realize, great statement, great mantra, Reggie, but what are you gonna do to support the adults? Yeah that are on the front lines with the kids. You can mm-hmm. say that all you want, but your decisions impact people that are in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. So how are you gonna bring them along in that? How are you going to balance that so that you're not just hammering on people because you yes. know that what you're doing is right for kids? Yeah. Um, what about the adults? What about the teachers? What about the classified staff? What do they need?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I started to find a way to balance that. And the way I did that was with a lot of the collaboration. Yeah. And that's why I tell my team, listen, if somebody comes to you with an idea, and you send them away and they come to me, don't get mad at them for coming to me. You had the same opportunity to do what I'm doing. Yeah. The fact that I said yes, because my requirements were, is, is it going to be good for kids? I'd always ask that question. But how's this gonna impact and help you to be able to do the job that you want to do for kids?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And sometimes it was good for the adult, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay, I—I I, on the surface I can see, or deep down I can see that this person is really more about them but let's see let's see what they're talking about is it gonna help kids
0: yeah it might not directly help kids. so I'm okay yeah
3: I'm all right doing that doing those politics Yeah. yeah. because now I just got something for kids
2: yep yes.
3: that's gonna make this person feel good or look good yeah. I'm okay with that yeah.
2: yeah. I'm not
3: gonna judge them and say you did that from a selfish place no no it's all about the kids but it has to be about the adults too it has to but the question I started asking, or started getting from teachers, how's this good for me? Yeah. How's Yeah. This, how's this oh, good that's for me?
1: the number one. But,
3: yeah. But tonight, and yes. I was okay with that mm-hmm. once I once I understood yeah. what they were saying. Yeah, they just they deserve to have some good things for them to in their yes. day. So so how are we going to address that so they can be the best for our kids?
1: Absolutely, because Period. it's like it's like the old kind of joke saying like a happy life is a happy wife. Yeah. Like, if your wife's happy, everyone's happy. Right. If your teachers are happy, yes. everyone's right. happy. Kids right. are happy. Parents are yeah. happy. Right. Well, just
0: going back <laughs> to, like, so my experience of building our, you know, tier one at Sun. You know, when we started, we had people leave that didn't want to be a part of, that was on the team. That yeah. didn't want to be, you know, we, there was some shuffling that first year. We were, okay, kids, kids, kids. It took us an entire year.
2: Yeah.
0: And year two we really shifted to the adults because we were like we're going to do all yeah. these things but if we are taking yeah. care of our adults on yeah. campus and getting our adults to buy in yeah. forget about what happens it's not going to happen with the kids because we need our teachers we need our mm-hmm. staff they need to have the buy-in they need to feel safe supported right. welcome right. and we we saw as a team we shifted year yeah. two we didn't really focus on what can we give the kids and do for the kids yeah. what what do we need to do for our staff that's going to indirectly yeah. benefit our students yeah. on campus and that was a huge shift for us after a year of like planning
2: yeah.
0: and kind of collaborating and doing some things it was like oh time out we missed a huge yeah. step we have to go back to our adults first absolutely so right. i agree 100 right. with you
3: it it's it's and i go back to my experience at i high school at my first principalship um I knew my number one responsibility was to keep the kids safe. That was huge because we had had a riot before, the year before, at a school I was at as an assistant principal, and it was the worst experience in my life. I I wanted out. Yeah. I didn't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I I saw the worst of the worst behavior. Right. Could not believe it. But you still learn if you pay attention. You learn from it. And I said to myself, why did those kids behave that way? Because they lost confidence in us being able to keep them safe. Yeah. So that's where those behaviors came from. There were some things happening that we missed as the adults and the admin on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some things. There were they, there was a group of students that were being absolutely bullied,
2: yeah. bullied,
3: bullied, 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 big time.
2: Yeah, and um, the kids done. were calling, trying
3: to get, trying to mm-hmm. punk them, you know, on a regular basis. Yes. And we missed it.
2: hmm
3: And it blew up. And so when I got to Eisenhower High School, it was a year after I thought about quitting. I was done. Yeah. But what you guys will find about my leadership journey, even in that, um, I got the job at I and then I turned it down. <laughs> and, and she was like, the superintendent was like, what's going on? And I made up an excuse. I said, we are, we're going to move out of the area, and we're going to relocate, and I, I don't want to take the job and then disappear on you." And really, you guys, what it was, I was scared. Yeah, you were going through it. I was literally it. scared to take on a principalship. And I said, I said it to myself. You
1: didn't have the efficacy. How can
3: you, you can't, you know, you can't do this job. There's no way you can do this. It's, you can't do this. You know, I was talking to myself out. Yeah. hmm But while I was not going to take it,
2: yeah.
3: I get a call from a headhunter that's asking me about jobs available out in L.A. County and Orange County. Mm-hmm. And after the conversation, I said, well, who? I said, who, who gave you my name? He said, Edna here. the lady that I turned down? <laughs> she knew you were a gem. He said, yeah.
0: You told her you were going elsewhere. So. And I, <laughs> so I got she off the phone.
3: She's helping
1: you with your move. And I went right to
3: Holly, and I said, Holly, guess what Edna just did? And she said, what? I said, I'd be stupid not to go work for her. Yeah. I said, she's not going mm-hmm. to let me fail. She's not going to let me fail. She's going to support you. So I called her mm-hmm. So it was Sunday I still remember it was a Sunday mm-hmm. and I said Edna is the job still open and she, she could not find anybody that met her that she wanted so yeah. she, she was really being picky and another guy had turned it down to go be a principal out in L.A. County with mm-hmm. Mayor Mayor Rivera Gosa when he took all those, okay. those schools yeah. he mm-hmm. be, went out there to be one of his mayors so he turned the job down mm-hmm. uh, so when I called her back it was still open and I called her and I said I, is the job still open and she said yes I said I want to take it and she said, okay, you sure? I said, yeah. I, I want to take the job. So the next morning I get to work. I used to get there about 6.45. She's sitting in my office. <laughs>
2: She's waiting.
3: Waiting for me. And I said, Edna, what are you doing here? She said, um, Reggie, I needed to see the whites of your eyes. She said, why do you want this job? I said, Edna, what you did for me is, is incredible.
2: Yeah. I let
3: you down and I turned you down for a yeah. job. Um, I said, but I need to explain to you. I turned it down because I didn't think I could be successful. I didn't think that I could do the job, in, mm-hmm. you know, to honor you the way I would want to. I said I lost confidence.
2: Yeah. I
3: said, but when you did that, I said I know you won't. You won't let me fail. I said you are yeah. going to make sure I'm successful. You're going to give me everything I need in this job to be the best principal I can be. I said there's no way I wouldn't work for you. No yeah. way. I'd be stupid, not to take the job. And I took the job, and it was great. She was. She, I needed her too because yeah. folks. When you come in with different ideas, I tell you that first year I did everything right. The second year I did what was right for my kids, and that didn't go over well with the district office folks that wanted to put programs on my campus. Yeah. And I would tell them, No, that's not what my kids need. They need yeah. this. Right. And when they wouldn't give me the an answer, I do exactly like what I told my team. When I when I can't get it, from, they can't get it from you. They're going to come to me. I would go to her she yeah. would make it happen every single time she yeah. supported you every single mm-hmm. time because she knew everything I was trying to do was for those kids and you guys by the third year there was no graffiti on our campus we could count the amount of fights on one hand the kids were happy the teachers were happy we we built relationships we allowed opportunities for relationships between students and, and staff we mm-hmm. did the Adopt Five. We did that yeah. San Diego We did the Adopt Five there,
2: mm-hmm. where they
3: could adopt five students, yeah. mm-hmm. and just monitor them over the over the year, mm-hmm. um, and advocate for them, get them to tutoring, do things like that. And It was voluntary. Yeah. But I allowed security, secretaries, anybody who wanted to do it. Yep. Could do it, and we would provide the support. Mm-hmm. And it was absolute. I had security doing things outside as they were handling the weekend after school activities we had, where that people were getting paid. Yeah. Um, they would take them on field trips um, the campus became a learning institution an institution yeah. of learning and I would I would ask folks when you walk on campus what do you feel I yeah. started that at Eisenhower high school and I continued that same approach mm-hmm. at Santiago yep. what do you feel when you walk on campus mm-hmm. and what I wanted to hear was it feels like there's learning going on yeah. kids aren't all over the place mm-hmm. right. I mean even custodial took pride in their work I, t- I would take them yeah. to dinner like three times a year Yep. I spent a lot of my money too. They, they were really expensive. They would order the most expensive thing, on but it was okay. So they 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 even had the team attitude. They would uh-huh. wear the same shirts on a Friday, and yeah. you know they bought these shirts and but they did stuff on their your own.
0: People and they'll pour into you and they'll pour into the kids.
3: And that's that yeah. was that, and it was genuine too. It wasn't. Yes. It wasn't like I'm only doing this because I need to get this out. No. It was genuine. They knew enough about me. They I let them into my personal life. Yep. I shared with them. I didn't have a problem with that. And just like it's funny, more at Santiago because of that. When when any of us had some challenges in our lives, people rallied up. Yep. What I did with you
1: mm-hmm.
3: was what I learned at that some, that's school. And
1: that's something everyone did.
3: Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible environment for there. each other. And mm-hmm. I I appreciated that. And I and that's something I think we have to we've got to nurture that, we've got to keep that in the environment because Mm -hmm. it is a battle, we're in this battle together. Um, And I call it a battle because it's hard to do what we want to do for kids. When things keep changing, the Mm -hmm. target keeps moving and all these different things, what is your core belief? That'll survive any shift in educational strategy or philosophy, Mm -hmm. that core belief. And my core belief is that we, we we are better together um, mm-hmm. We have to, our actions have to speak very loudly, and we have to make some tough decisions around what's best for kids, including things that are best for adults, best for you know, the, all the above, yeah. well rounded. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, Eisenhower High School was a good training ground for me. Um, when I got to um, Santiago, I knew better than coming in there thinking I needed to. Matter of fact, what the staff didn't know, I was actually, well, actually, I told them, I said, it's intimidating to come to a school like this, and you could mm-hmm. see them all kind of. Yes, that's right. I said because this, <laughs> this school is high achieving, you yeah. know. Yes, yeah. Uh, but but very quickly I started sharing data with them, and they saw that they weren't what they thought they were. Yeah. But I never said.
1: Every school. Look, Look what grow. you guys did. Yeah. I Every never said can that. Grow. I
3: always said, "Here's our data." Yeah. What do they you guys think? Make their own assumptions. <laughs> what do you guys think?
1: Yeah. And they well,
3: and to each they other. Well, and because they
1: had that pride, and I, yeah. I can say we, because I was a yeah. teacher there yeah. at that time. Yeah we had that pride in, oh, we're going to make that better. Yep. Oh, you want to throw that at us? We're going to make that better. And that's what I really loved about teaching at that site. And I'm not, I, that site, the teachers at that site, everyone really prides themselves in being a high achieving, school. That's right. And that culture, I can't explain it. Like to be immersed in that culture, it was like super awesome for me and my in my growth as a leader.
3: It's a great place. I I inherited a gym. A gym. I was able to I think I represented a different type of energy, but the school the foundation of the school was set by the two previous leaders. They Mm -hmm. hired a great staff in there. Yes. My biggest thing was getting them to understand the middle the middle and the low achieving.
2: Yep. Yeah.
3: This isn't just high achievers, scholars, and yeah. top-notch athletes getting four-year four rides. It's scholars, achievers, and champions of all, all here. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all participating. And we all need to nurture and support them all. Uh, getting them there, like there are people that walked up to me, introduced themselves as, I'm, I'm an AP teacher. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, no, you're a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> you're a teacher.
2: Yeah. And as
3: I get to know you, you're going to be with my most at-risk kids because you're awesome, and I know you're awesome. Yep. And it's, it's yep. going to be your idea. And I was, right. that was in my head because yeah. I said, we have great teachers here.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Imagine if these ninth graders that are coming in have a chance to have one class with these guys. Uh-huh. But, but I, I tried to build relationships where they knew I need, I need, I need something from you. Can you step yeah. up for me?
1: And sometimes you don't realize as a teacher the joy you get out of it. She enjoyed it. Like, I, yeah, I, I can't, I can't explain it. Like, for me, it was good for change. And I think sometimes as teachers, we get real stuck in, like, this is the way I've always done it kind of yeah. thing. And these are the kids I've always taught. And yeah, this is the class so. I've yep. always taught. Yeah. But it was so good, I can just speak for me personally, yeah. to change it up. Because sometimes you can lose that joy. Yeah. And when you change it up, you find that, oh, like, I can do all these other things, yeah. I can teach these other classes, I can teach differently, yeah. I can do different supports. Like you said, support. That's really been the key. I think that's like a district movement right now, Yeah. yeah. is yeah. that maybe we were only offering certain kinds of supports, and we're working with, when you're working with people, you're dealing with diversity. Yeah. I mean, Humans are, like, a scientific standpoint. We are the most diverse yep.
2: yeah.
1: um, species on the earth. So you yeah. can't just offer yeah. one type of support. You have to yeah. offer like 200 yeah. types of support. Yeah. So no, you're
3: right. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's so I'm right, like, around.
1: that's exciting that we're doing like we're doing all these things. No, right it's now. great. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. great, and it's like you would think getting outside the box would be easy when you have resources, but it's still not easy. It's still yeah. hard to really get folks outside of that and say, hey, really go, go deeper with this. What are some things that have hurt you over the years that you wish we could address?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Here's the opportunity right now. Yeah. And let's, let's move forward with the attitude of, this is gonna be the norm now. Yeah. This is not gonna be just a one time. This is gonna be the norm. Our mindsets have to always be here. Right. We have to be flexible within our system yep. to meet the needs of our, 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 our adults and our, our, our students. And so all the way around, we all have to get outside of our typical mindsets that we're in. We have to shift our mindset to being more flexible and more open to these different ways of doing things. Um, to the point we're mm-hmm. not trying to force none on anybody, but just trying to keep everybody moving in that mindset. You know?
2: yeah. uh,
3: it's hard though, it's hard, because there's still rigidity in all of us. And it's hard. And I, you know, know. I struggle with it, I struggle yeah. with it. And with kids though, they get you outside of it real quick. At home, my, my. well and because generations <laughs> real quick yes. generations
1: change generations yeah. and their and their societal yeah. norms yes change Absolutely. and so if your generation Gen Z Gen Y whatever yeah. millennial your generation has these societal norms yeah. but then if you're a teacher your generations change that you yeah. come into your walk in yes. your door yeah. so if you don't change with those generational norms you're not connecting you're not connecting anymore and then like i just find that piece really interesting that when you dive into the data of generations and all the things that are good out of them if you don't change or like you guys were talking about the discipline matrix so smoking smoking used to be way more normed in our society my our parents Like my dad smoked well, they, they everywhere he went. They used went. to have smoking sections so in like yeah. schools You'd
0: for standing in
3: the corner. over Yes, smoking
1: you know that societal norm totally changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it, like things change. I
3: you know, like still, we I, I, you know, I'll go back to that one piece, and my biggest issue there was, I'm suspending a kid for a lifetime habit that he needs to break or she needs to break.
2: Yes,
3: but they're getting suspended for a habit they've already developed. Hmm. We're around smoking.
2: Yeah.
3: And I said, why wouldn't we try to help them or educate them? And there were grants already. Uh, support, the two pay, yeah. The 2 pay grants have been around forever. Yeah. There was a smoking secession grant or something at the time. So right. So yeah. we had kids in there. And I would, and I, that's what I said. I said, I'm not suspending anymore. I'm going to remand them to secession training. they got to do mm-hmm. five sessions. And they got to come bring the paperwork back that they did it. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not suspending.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's still their choice after they get it. But at least they have that support as opposed to, yep. and they hope maybe their behavior will change. But so the suspension would not
0: no. change that yeah, behavior. Yeah, no, you're sending it. them home for five yeah. smoke yeah. at their house. That's what I'm just saying. Just, yeah.
3: you look at it, that's yeah. where I tell you guys punishment Saturday school never made sense to me. No. And the reason I say that is because <laughs> when, when they didn't show up, you'd have to track them down on Monday and Tuesday to assign yeah. them or reassign them. Or whatever you are going to do.
0: I remember, I after our first Saturday school passed,
3: yeah.
0: Monday morning, I got a list of kids. Didn't show but up. Didn't These show up. kids didn't mm-hmm. show up. You need to call them all up right now, and you're sending them to the alternative suspension yeah. room for the, rem- yeah. for the whole day.
3: Whole
2: day.
0: And I was like, wait a minute. So they're not going to be in their classes all day? They're going to just be sitting in a room? Well, yeah, that's what you need to do. And it... And I talked about this a little bit in mine. Yeah. I had, you know. And I never
3: fixed that while I was at, at Santiago. I just didn't care about it.
0: Right. It I, wasn't I didn't care. did it for in four years radar. at Corona. I, and it was like eating into my core. It. Like, almost like you. I was going home feeling awful about it. myself. But it, at that time, I was still trying to find my place and where I was and who I was going to be as an admin. It and it would tear me up like. Like
3: yours, it's, like it's just doesn't why are when you think this? about it deeply, it just didn't make any sense. No. But the interesting thing is that um, I remember one year my approach, I don't know if you were there, but my approach was, You guys, tardies and that stuff? I said, That's 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 a classroom um, structure issue. And they're like, What do you mean? I said, Well, I look at, even in this crowd, I said, There's there's people in this crowd that never have tardies.
1: Yeah.
3: I said, Why? Yeah. There's others that kids are always mm-hmm. late.
1: Yes.
3: I said, so what we need to do is figure out what the best practice is in this room. Right. And get you guys talking with each other because mm-hmm. in a lot of those rooms there was something, there was bell work. There was something that had to be done.
1: Or there were just expectations. Expectations that, that were, were set, that were different. Or the relationship. And I was trying to
3: figure it out. But that's that where I started going had with to the We're not gonna do the tardy thing anymore. We're just going we'll do sweeps here and there. But i was just getting away from it i just stopped even addressing i think the last two years yeah we just didn't deal with it because i just said that's a classroom issue yeah that's that's Where not a so dis- that's not a discipline to get to their issue. class that,
1: that they're not going to be late but that's the relationship i, I remember case. coaching cheer yeah yeah this is just you know because i i think i had a lot of learning to do as a teacher too i don't think i was always great and i was still learning um still learning to this day and i remember some of my cheerleaders would be like coach d I'm, Cheers! My most exciting thing
2: yeah.
1: in the day. Yeah. I yeah. and they were never late. And then, you know, your athletes, because cheerleaders are athletes, yeah. they would get in trouble or something. And someone come to me one of your cheerleaders yeah. drive me crazy yeah. Yeah. late to this this and they're never late, to cheer. never late to cheer. Yeah. Um and so it was like that constant struggle like exactly how can I get them engaged in their classes then like they're engaged in their sport yeah. adult yeah. behaviors in that class. <laughs>
3: hey, remember cheer, <laughs> cheer became a sport under under my team. I know. I know. Right? I do know that. <laughs> and
1: what I mean so I coached you for a long time 8 years is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. A cheer coaches like dog years yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, cheer coaches rotate or rotate years, years huh? and um, I remember one of my biggest things I mean I had a girl break her leg yeah. really badly yeah. um and so that was one of my biggest things like yeah. do you know how physically demanding this is it is yeah. definitely yeah. a sport
3: <laughs> when I was present for the state we asked if we could be a part of the planning we're not reaching we're supporting it. Right. We're going to write a letter of support. We're good. We're not fighting. Mm-hmm. She expected us to fight. We didn't. Yeah. But we talked about it because there are people in the room, old school, didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. But we took that route, which is a good route, and we said, let mm-hmm. us help you. So once we got with her, she realized all these other problems. Sundays. Now, you know, if you bring them on, they can't do Sundays anymore. Yeah. And you know, if you bring them on, those championships in Florida and all those things, right. they they're not doing that anymore yeah. unless you allow us to help you with this.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: So let us help you. And let us in the room as you're so that's why they delayed it a year.
2: Yeah.
3: Because she realized I didn't do my homework. Right. Yeah. And so she allowed us to help, which is how we landed it. Safety This
1: is a totally another Safety hat that we have not even talked about. We you ready? That about I respect. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: be, that's a whole nother level of respect I have for you because like that for my cheerleaders, I there was there was always this level of we're an activity yet we work out just as hard sometimes harder we're year-round we're multiple seasons there was just this very like uh like we were tight my team was tight because we had this and then there was this other layer my i had a phenomenal i had several phenomenal assistant coaches but i had one that she stayed with me forever and we were like buddies yeah And she was a teacher, too. And we, every year, went to a lot of training on stunting and tumbling because a lot of cheer programs were ran by a mom that wouldn't say no to her daughter because no one else would do it. And they didn't have a lot of training. And then you would have all these injuries and safety. safety. And it was such a big deal to us. And (laughs) any of my cheerleaders to this day would tell you, how much I drove them crazy because I made them follow all of the safety rules. We would go to a basketball game. They could tell you. And there would be stunting all kinds of crazy stuff on the basketball court. Like, can't we do that? And I'd be like, no, you are not. No, you are not. You are, I I have to sleep at night knowing that I kept you safe. Yeah. And you're not. And they used to get so angry with me but because I followed all the the it was like you said, we were safety certified. So we followed our city. I, I was actually yeah, safety yeah, certified so, <laughs> at but they point. would. But a lot of the teams, because they weren't under this unified, yeah. like CIF, yeah. they had whatever rules they want yeah. to follow. We
3: had, we we I so, mean, there, there were so, you're right, there were so many injuries. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we made sure that that became a big part of the conversation for the resistors. Mm-hmm. Who were still resisting and not wanting it to become a sport. Yeah. And that's those cheer deserved to have the same safety protocols in place that were that were mandatory. Yeah. were required. Um, as, as any other sport. And the girls out there and the boys out there deserve to be as safe as any other student yep. during yes. any activity. And in the other states you'll know that all activities and sports fall under the same yeah, mm-hmm. they they they're it's like if you go to kansas it's activities and sports mm-hmm. all in the all same, same. Mm-hmm. and it's 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 they don't separate it and in california it's still sort of separated hmm. um we i mean it'd be great if we can move in that direction even yeah. now yeah. because as we started all of this pandemic you saw that athletics got its own attention yep. but what happened to the arts right yep. which are a part of activities
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. What
3: happened there? They were late back into the game. Yep.
1: Yeah. Because
3: there was there was really not a lot of. I know advocacy. we had a whole
1: movement in this area just because I like to follow cheer about having yeah. the cheerleaders out on the yep. field. Uh, and another, the in another state. Yeah, and, and in another I followed state, it, 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 it because, all because I just have a vested interest in, Yeah. And that's weird to yeah. think.
3: Nobody was pushing it the until way they, were pushing the the yes. right. they were pushing the athletics. Yes. They were pushing football, pushing it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know
3: that was the biggest push. Mm-hmm. And but you got other things. Yeah, the kids do. You got the arts. You got choir. You got all these things going on. Yeah. And um, so in other states, that's all under the same umbrella. So if you were advocating or called somebody, you could have that conversation about the same it sports, everything. band, choir. You Dude, could talk all about all these things. The same but in umbrella. California, separate. It was hard.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So I
3: couldn't find anybody I could talk to at the state level. Yeah. I know they're there because I'm on the executive committee. I'm on the federated council for the state again. Right. And I'm back on the executive committee. But I'm just a member.
1: Right.
3: I don't have to lead any meetings, thank God. Um,
1: you can only lead so much. Yes. Know, yes, right? yes. Just
3: being in the room is good. I'm participating. Yeah. So either way, I mean, it's that, that other role. Um, I stay involved in that because I wouldn't be here without athletics. Yeah. I would not have a degree. I would not see myself as a leader.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I would not be who I am. Um, I wouldn't understand how this can enhance the experience of other students without what I went through with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my coaches throughout my life became my fathers because I didn't have that father. Yeah. Right. So I would cling to my coaches. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I learned how to be a father from my coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, my teachers, I had female, male teachers. There's certain ones that stand out because they really inserted confidence in me
2: mm-hmm. and
3: believed in me. There's others that I mean. I had one guy that was that was, he was, I got kicked out of his class several times because I was so, such a smart aleck at the time. And I would screw around in his class. But this teacher used to always tell us how much he hated teaching, how much he hated he didn't get paid that much, how much he hated he had to paint on the side as an extra job. But I, I missed something with him. So one day he kicks me out of class because I'm smart enough to him. And everybody saw me get booted. And so I'm sitting outside, and I'm thinking to myself, well, who won that battle?
2: <laughs> I'm sitting outside.
3: <laughs> so he comes out, and he says, Reggie, we're, we're at a crossroads. I said, what do you mean? We're at a crossroads. He said, listen. I said, your class is easy. I, I, you know, I'm just, I just don't like your class. You know, I don't like how negative you are. And I said it like that, and he says, Reggie, I bet you couldn't get any of my class if you tried. I said, yeah, I can. Um, I'm getting it.
1: Challenge. <laughs> right?
3: And so I started recording the chapters because everything was essay. I would record the chapters, and I would listen to it at night on my tape recorder. And it was different before. You couldn't just dictate it to it. You had to actually record because you read.
0: And then you had to, like, pop the things. Yeah. <laughs> I so remember having a recorder in yeah. college. Yeah. So, I had one in college, too. So I ended
3: up, I got ears on everything after that (laughs) i ended up getting a b in the class because i was doing so bad
1: yeah like the average
3: but he commended me
1: yeah
3: and my all my behavior changed because i started getting a's and b pluses on everything
1: that's funny and (laughs) so you
3: look back on it there's a chance that that was a strategy that he used yeah to get me to get in gear
1: and he took the time to walk outside and talk to you oh yeah oh
3: yeah because he knew i wasn't the type of kid to get kicked out he saw me getting progressively worse yeah and really cutting up in class and he's like that's enough of that from you <laughs> so it worked and i learned something about my learning and I, I learned that that when i hear it i can absorb it yeah. when it's said to me rather than me just reading it when it's said to me and then i then as i got older i said i used to love my teachers when they read to us when we did circle time i loved it in elementary it was like oh my god
1: Could you Just gotta them. read to us yeah. here we go
3: and i would i'd be i'd be in the front i'm so auditory i'm right
1: there with yeah. you i'm See that story? The auditory. so auditory like yeah. i this is one of the reasons Loved i love it. podcasting yeah. i love listening to books on tape or i it's not even on tape anymore but <laughs> digital books <laughs> digital books and i totally get you that's that's another strategy yeah. i feel like we came to an education like let kids listen the, to books, the different yeah. like let, yeah, yeah, the different modalities.
0: What we like to do is promote a charity uh, yeah. in honor of our our guests. So, yeah. is there uh, some something you, an organization that you like to give back to that, you or know, you can,
1: can let us know later.
0: Or yeah, you can let us donate later. Mm-hmm.
3: To be we'll honest with you, I, I'm st- I'm still I'm still pretty thankful for like the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. Mm-hmm because that's where I got to hang out instead of being in the streets of my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and being exposed to all that other stuff. They fed us, we got to swim, I learned how to play ping pong, air hockey when they finally got one of those. I mean, I remember all these things and it was a great Mm -hmm. place, especially the feeding part because we would get breakfast and lunch there. And it was pretty cool. So that that got us our food in the day. That helped my mama. And and we saw some great athletes come out of the Boys and Girls Club.
0: Yeah, awesome.
3: Swimmers, track, all the basketball. So we'll
0: link it, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll put episode. a link on our um, yeah. on our page when we release Good. your episode and if you have the ability to donate or at least go check them out in whether it's monetarily or volunteer voluntary I mean check out the Boys and Girls mm-hmm. club and uh, we can do it in honor of yes, a Yeah, <laughs> local chapters yes all right and then one of my favorite part of ending our episode is we do rapid fire questions so just. Uh-huh. First thing that comes to your mind. my my brain is working. No, they're fine. They're fine. They're nothing too in-depth. So are you a cat or a dog person? (laughs) Dog. What's your favorite drink?
3: Long Island iced tea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning person. Yeah. yeah. I knew that about you. Totally would have called that one too. (laughs) Talking social media. Are you like a Snapchat, a Twitter, Facebook, MySpace? <laughs> I'm
3: Facebook, Facebook, but I don't I don't post a lot. Yeah. Twitter, I don't post a lot.
0: Yeah.
3: But, but I do check things out.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, favorite pizza topping?
3: All of them? <laughs>
1: You have more than one, obviously.
3: <laughs> Any anything that's like the that meaty pizza, that anything with all the meats. oh, like the three the
1: meats, and
3: then you gotta throw some red onions on there. Oh,
1: all okay. Right. Then I'm good. All right.
3: I'm good. Anything. So
1: like sausage, meaty, pepperoni, Sausage,
3: pepperoni, Canadian bacon.
1: Sometimes regular they do bacon, meatballs. Beef. And, yeah.
3: I'll, I'll do it Oh all. yeah, the wow. beef. Extra sauce. That's
1: <laughs> a lot for me. <laughs> Extra I'm like sauce.
3: Straight up
0: cheese. And then
3: I like a I like a real I like a I like the crust to be well done. I like that. Oh, you're good. very
0: particular about your oh, pizza. I
3: am. <laughs> I am. You know, I used to be able to eat a whole one. I can only eat a piece now, so it's it better be good.
0: Well, we are getting older. So we probably should I eat a whole pizza. Yeah. All right, and then do you have any hidden talents? I mean, I see this trophy here that says "best actor in a reality series." Is that there, a hidden talent? Are you an
3: actor
0: on the side?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Quick story. When I was in Oceanside, I became the acting superintendent.
0: Yes, I remember, so I remember that. So yes. I became the acting
3: superintendent. Yes. So and,
0: they uh, gave you a best actor. <laughs>
3: not anything that I chose to do. It was, it was, it was put yes. upon me. Um, it was
1: a voluntold. So
3: after it got all done, they hired a new superintendent, a person that was you know very qualified to come in and get a Dr. Vitale. And so uh, folks kind of felt bad because they knew. I, I took them through some pretty rough times. Yeah. and we, It was bad. It was really, really bad. But um, so they appreciated it and it was nice. Yeah. You know, They gave me a standing ovation at the last board meeting and everything, but this guy calls me and says, hey, I got something I wanna to bring to you. Sorry. I said, okay, come on. So he comes and he says, I'm gonna present you with this with this award. And I'm looking yeah. at him like, you gotta be kidding me, right? I said, is that thing real? So I picked it up and he had it made. 2018 Richie Award, Best Actor in a Reality Series. <laughs> I and it was great. It. It, was, it was exactly what I needed. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, so it's really cool.
0: That's an awesome story, though. Okay, yeah. but besides being a reality star, uh, do you have any hidden talents?
3: Um, you know, I, I actually can draw. Ooh. Um, but that's not the real hidden talent. The, the real hidden talent, and you're not going to hear it, but I can actually sing when I work at it. I'm a pretty good singer. Oh. Our whole family is, 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 uh, is very vocal. Nice. They, can, they can sing. Like, my sister, if she sang for you, you would be like, oh, my God. You know, um, I've got, she lives in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. My other sister, they sang at my mother's funeral. It was awesome. It was a party. Yeah. It was great. I mean, they're not, they're good songs, positive songs, but I can sing. That's awesome. We'll have to get a tune
0: for you guys at one time. You can ask
3: Holly. Holly, my wife will tell you I can sing. All right. Yeah.
0: All right, and then the last thing, not really rapid fire, but if you had one piece of advice for current or up-and-coming leaders in education, what what advice would you give them?
3: Um, Let the experience come to you and then use that experience. Leverage that to make sure you're always being the best. For your for your teachers, for your students, um, don't be in such a rush. Mm-hmm. Let it come to you, and then and then be conscientious of it, and then use that experience because that's really what what how we get better, um, and how we grow in this business. And the other piece is be sure about your foundation on why you do what you do. Stay in contact with that. Write it on, Put it on a board somewhere. So when you walk in, it's it stuns you every time you see it. Mm-hmm. Because on the worst days, that might be the piece that refocuses you and gets yeah. you back on page. Um, I have something I haven't put up yet here, and it's that, that quote by Leah Um, there's no, there's no bigger charge or bigger um, purpose in life than to move one generation into the next. Yeah. So teachers and educators mm-hmm. have a huge responsibility. And I, I don't have it up mm-hmm. yet, but it's going to be up on my wall where I can just look at it and read it and mm-hmm. see it. and It reminds me. Why I'm here. Why I do what I do.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's it. Yay. Well, well thank you. you.
0: <laughs> this is our favorite. Thank you for the time. We know you're, you're so busy. So. You guys
3: sound like twins on the thank yous. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you like that episode, don't forget to give us a five-star rating. We will do a
1: happy dance every
0: time that happens. Find new episodes every two weeks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We
1: want to interact with our listeners. Engage with us on our website, BarriersToBridgesPod.SimpleCast.com, where you can also find our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or email us at BarriersToBridgesPod@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: Have a fabulous day overcoming barriers and building those
2: bridges. This episode was co-produced by Melissa Baco and Dana Barron. My mom, Dana Barron, did all of the editing. Thank you for listening.